Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. All right, all right, all right. I've got a guest today, and I'm super excited. Welcome to Empowered AF. I've got my friend. I say friend, even though we just met, Keith Yaki. And I say friend because we're we're friendred spirits, kindred spirits. That's a new word I just created, friendred spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, like Keith came into my life via the wonderful world of Facebook. Uh, it was one of those things that I never, ever do. So if I, for some reason, friend you, it's not because I'm reaching out for money. It's because there's some sort of connection that we have that I could see a, as a mutually beneficial relationship. And, and Keith was one of those guys that Facebook said, hey, you should know this guy. And I'm like, why? And so I, lo- I clicked on your profile and I'm looking through and I'm like, this guy looks like he's from Southern California. He's all tatted up. You know, he looks like a surfer guy. And I'm like, but who, like, who do we know? And we had some connections and, and I started seeing some of the stuff in your, you know, you were talking about marriage and, and sex game within marriage. I'm like, Oh, I like this shit. This is good. And I, I remember just friending you and I was in Newport and I think you were out of town, which was weird. Like I'm in like your hometown, but you were somewhere else. Yep. And you, we connected and you're like, dude, when I'm in town, we need to connect. And I'm like, well, I'll be back in Scottsdale. So whatever, we'll, we'll get together. Um, and so here we are fast forward a couple of weeks and we've had some good conversations and I, I just felt like you're a guy that my audience needs to hear. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to call you an up and comer because you've been in the game. You've been in the business world for a long time and you've made sort of a transition or a pivot or a pitch, whatever to this area of helping men in their sexuality, especially men in their marriage um, with attracting their wife back. And I'm like, man, guys need to hear this stuff. I need to always hear this because I want to get better at attracting my fiance and attracting her into, um, to me so that we never get to a place of stagnation. And I I know your story is powerful. And so I'm excited, dude, thank you for being here. Yeah, man. It's a a total honor. I've seen your work. And so when you did send the friend request over, it's like, Oh, I know what this guy is all about. I know what he's up to. I've consumed his content and I liked it. So I was like, this is, this is going to be fun. Let's, let's, uh, let's get to know each other better. This is cool. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about, and this is so guys understand exactly what you're doing. Like what's the problem that you are currently solving for men right now? Sexless marriages, man. If I was to boil it down to two words, sexless marriage, but when it really boils down to it, it's just women are no longer attracted to their husbands not all women, but the men who their women are, and, and it shows up with this symptom. She's no longer initiating sex. She doesn't appear to be having that good of a time mm. while you're having sex. So it's almost like she's just checking it off her to-do list, like do the laundry, change the, change the sheets, give my husband a blowjob, like just kind of going through her checklist, right? And, um, that's what I help guys do is to rekindle that and get their wives to carnally lust after them again. Dude, that's, that's hard. I mean, you know, especially like my first marriage was 17 years and sex was always one of those things that carried a lot of baggage. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my ex-wife had her own sexual history. I had my own sexual history. And when two people have sexual history, especially with trauma attached and they bring that into a marriage, that can cause some shit, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I've dealt with on the counseling side, women who've been sexually abused, molested, and I've counseled, I can't even count the dozens of, of women in those situations. And then at the same time, you know, talking to men who don't quite understand a female's trauma, 
um, that can lead to like an explosion of guilt, shame, all kinds of shit. And then, and then affairs start happening. And then you come to empowered man and, yeah. and you're going, fix this, fix this. And we have these clients who deal with that stuff. So tell me about a little bit about your journey in, into this world, because I know every man has a story. I want, I want to hear a little bit about your story. Yeah. Um, let me get into that. I want to just say one thing on what you just said, which I thought was so powerful because there are guys that are ending up in your program because they got cheated on, you know, something happened. And I always tell people this, Lynn, if you, it, no matter where you go, there you are. We all know that, right? And if you have lost understanding how to attract your spouse, it will happen in the next relationship and the next relationship. So, you know, I, it, it, it's no coincidence that what you and I will talk about today will help anybody, whether they're going through divorce, they're trying to stave off a divorce and they want their wife to stay with them or whether they're now into a new relationship, you know, our goal, our number one goal is to help you become the most attractive version of you, period. And having a bountiful sex life will will come from that. Having great friendships, having a great relationship, all that. And that's everything I did do, which now inserts us into our story, which basically 10 years ago, I met my wife. We hit it off really well. And then five years into our relationship, she said, I'm not interested in you anymore. Uh, so much so that she left, went and found a different guy, lived in a different state. My daughter was in a different state. And it was about the lowest blow possible. But here's the interesting thing. And I say this not to impress anybody, but just to share the story of like attracting women before I met my wife was something I did very, very well. You know, I've had sex with hundreds of women. So understanding that sexuality and that attraction and all that was something I was very well versed in. But then I had this one lady who I wanted to be with the rest of my life, basically saying my life would be better without you in it. And that is an absolute kick to the gut. And that's what led me down the path of saying, you know what? I've got to fix this for myself. But I'll tell you something, Mark. This was the really powerful. When my wife came back, this was almost five years ago, we didn't have sex for the six, first six weeks. We barely even touched each other. And I remember laying in bed crying. I was, just, I was so heartbroken that I had, I'm in this situation that her foot touched mine in bed. And it sent like electricity through me. And it, I, I felt like this thing in my heart. I don't want to say God spoke to me, anything, but I felt this thing in my heart that said, you are going to help a lot of men go through what you just went through. Mm. That is a weird message to receive when you're, when you're four or five or six weeks back into a relationship that you're like, this thing, I burned it all the way to the ground. How am I going to be the one? So it took years for me to, to find out what is the framework of how all this works. And I think we've dialed it in and been able to take, uh, uh, you know, quite a few guys through it to show that this didn't just work for me because I have tattoos and I'm from Southern California, but it actually works for Midwestern guys, guys in Australia. And I've, we've tested on about 40 to 50 guys and I'm, and the feedback's been pretty damn amazing. That's awesome. So what was it like though? I mean, like, I think a lot of guys, maybe they look at you and, and, and they think, well, gosh, you know, he's this big, strong guy, you know, emotionally, whatever, like, what was it? How humbling was it for you to have this woman who you were used to just be able to go out and pick up or get a girl to, 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 she left you, then she comes back and she still doesn't necessarily want to touch you. What yeah. was that like for you? Dude, I would cry. It was so humiliating and it was so heartbreaking. The day she left, 
to then was just, I don't know how I got anything done. Um, and truly, like I hired three coaches. Where were you at that time, Mark? Where were you? But I hired three coaches to help me work through the situation. And when it boiled right down to it, I realized this was all my fault. And so not only was I sad that I got rejected, but the guilt and the shame of knowing it's my fault. And the humiliation of a lot of our friends knew us for five years as together and often would say, man, you guys are an amazing couple because we did have a lot of fun. But ultimately, the, the best analogy I ever heard was as soon as somebody breaks up with you and leaves, the light bulb goes on. And now you're no longer in a dark room, but you're in a room with light. And so I could see everything and go, oh, shit, this is on me. So it was it was the shame of knowing you let the greatest woman you've ever met you literally didn't let her walk out. You shoved her out the door with your behavior and the way you showed up. Yeah, that hurt. Dude, that's, it's interesting because so many guys will come to us right in the midst of her leaving, her saying, I don't want to be a part of this marriage anymore or whatever. And they come in and they do this. They hit what we call the she button. This <laughs> button where it's like, she did this, she did that. She won't come back. She's being a bitch. She's a whore. She's a this, she's a this, she's a this. And I always say, fuck the she button. You got to hit the me button. And Ooh, that's like exactly that. what you just did, right? Where I mean, because you could have easily been, oh, you know what? Fuck you then. Go live with that other man. Fuck that. And you said, no. No, no, I am going to do what I've got to do for me so that I can potentially bring you back. We call that putting yourself in the most powerful position possible to yeah. receive your wife back, regardless if she comes back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you you had that, you, you know, you're a physical guy, but you had to do that emotionally for yourself to get to a new place to where she's like, okay, there's something worth fighting for here. Yeah. So when she came back, you guys had that six week period Take me to the point where it started to transition. Was there a light bulb? Was it like a, oh my God, we just had sex? Like what happened? My buddy Jesse Elder came over and spent the night. And that was the night I got laid. <laughs> I oh, still Jesse's thank fault. him to this day. <laughs> Must have been doing that morning formula correctly. <laughs> no, uh, here's the truth, man. Um, it was, it was like I had it was it was slow going, right? And that I would tell her because we have a we have a child, right? I have a, I have a six year old daughter who was only like one, one and a half at the time. And I said it, came, it became so clear to me, Mark, that I would tell her. Man, all of your hard work and some other lady is going to cash in on it because now I get it. I would tell her this. Now I get it. My bad. And I didn't want to end up in that situation again. I didn't want to, even if I didn't get her back. And here's the truth of the matter. you got to get to, I believe, and, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I had to get to a point where I was okay without having her back. Almost to the point where I don't want her back so that I could get her back. That is exactly what we teach an empowered man. Because you've given your power away. Yeah. When you become codependent on another person, it's yeah. not that you don't love her. And this is what guys really struggle with. To, what I see it as is it's an ego kick 
meaning you've been you've been hitting the ego and so your desire to have her back is more out of control and loss of of power than it is about your desire to love this person because if you truly loved her there would be healthy boundaries that said hey it's okay that you've decided you don't want to be with me it hurts but it's yeah. okay because that's your choice you're a human being you're not my possession and many men think of their wives as a possession, not somebody they get to serve and love. And then that also comes with having sex with and all the things that we're going to talk about. Well, dude, that's, it's interesting that you say that because I had to ask myself a very important question. Are you mad that she decided to go and then you didn't tell her to leave? Or do you, like, do you want her back? Or do you, do you just want her back so that you didn't get one up? And that's a bunch of ego shit right it's there. Rejection. It's rejection. It's rejection. It's ego. But here's what happened. I realized all the stuff I did wrong and I needed to start showing up. So she was testing how permanent or as permanent as we could get. How long lasting are these changes really? Because I wasn't showing up as a very good parent. I wasn't showing up as a very good partner and I wasn't showing up as a player. I, I had the producer thing and that's, you know, those are my four things. The, 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 the partner, the parent, the, the producer and the player. I've always been producing like a mofo. That's I've been good at that, but showing up like a player within my marriage, which means taking her on dates, making her feel sexy, showing her that, that you, guys show up on their first date wanting to get laid much differently than they do on the 101st date after yeah. they've been late. Yeah. And so bringing that, so I, I realized I dropped the ball on that. So I was wor working to make that a part of my life so that she wouldn't have to second guess, am I going to be here in two years again with this bozo? Yeah. That was the hardest thing to try and show up and go, I know that I've changed. Of course, I slipped back. I, you know, I think I shared this with you when we talked the other day, but I think it would be helpful for your guys. And that is I named the old guy who made all the mistakes, yeah. a different name. Can, can I share that with yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I did, the old Keith, we named him Trevor, which is so funny because when we run into people named Trevor, we always look at each other. Right. But we gave the old Keith, the selfish, never showed up for his family. All he cared about was building his business and hanging out with his best friends. We called that guy Trevor. And if the new Keith ends up doing anything that's Trevor-esque and she calls me that, it snaps me right into the alignment. I go, oh, I'm acting like the old, the old guy. Now we even have a newer name, which is the sexy version of Keith that my wife can't keep her hands off. And, we, and she calls me <laughs> Sancho. <laughs> which, is, which is her side piece. <laughs> so oh, her last name uh, is Marquez. You're a Santiago. You know, yeah. you guys, you guys get it. But with that being said, it was the, the, I, as I'm building my trust, as I'm building her trust back up in me, that I'm not going to let her down again. It wasn't always well received. Because as soon as you give the keys back to the woman, she's going to be reluctant to give them back to you if she knows that you're going to run the car off, off the side of the mountain. Yeah. And so there's some tests that you have to go through that I had to emotionally realize, you know what? I deserve this. I put myself here. As much as the past is the past and it was what it was, I, I did scar this lady and I've got to recognize that and I've got to continue to show up even better. That's so good. And one of the things I say a lot in our group is, especially in the guys that haven't joined our program, 
is if the changes you're making are for you, why does it matter if she sees them? Mm. Because it, it, it comes back to that idea. Like you said, you can't escape you. You are where you are. I say that all the time as well. And it's like, if, if this is really about me and my changes and my shifts, then it doesn't matter if she sees them. Cause we have guys all the time will come in to thrive. And the first two weeks they're like, they're doing the work, they're doing the worksheets, they're showing up to calls. And about week three, about week three is when they come in and they go, Hey guys, I just got to admit something. I originally joined this program cause I wanted to save my marriage. And now I still want to be married. I still would love to have my wife, but I got to do this for me. I'm like, yeah. there it is. That's the hook. That, I mean, that's any transformation, any yeah. transformation. I mean, you've been a business builder for years and you've trained other people to build businesses in other industries. Yeah. And as you taught them, it was probably the same thing, right? It's like, you can't do this for your spouse. You can't do this for your kids. While those may be motivating factors, at the end of the day, your transformation as a business owner has to come back to you deciding that I want to be this multimillionaire or real estate investor or whatever, right? It's the same thing for these guys. I think when it boils right down to it, Mark, anything you want in life, you're going to be tested how bad you really want it. Yeah. And I've been tested uh, on, a, on a number of occasions because, you know, as you know, uh, I'm, I, I have really close friends and a lot of people know that are like my real friends. Like if, if I'm taking two people out, it's Pete Vargas and Garrett J. White, or it's Dan Martell and Wade Light. Like, and a lot of people, they have big, far-reaching communities, but they're my real friends who we get to talk about everything with. And sometimes when you hang out with people that do certain things, you can be saying, oh, I want that too. But then you're going to be tested and say, how bad do you want it? And so when it boils right down to it, it's not because Garrett wants it or Dan wants it or Pete wants it or Mark wants it. It doesn't matter what any of you guys want for your life. I'm being tested on what do I want in my life? And that's where that test comes up and says, well, I know I want to be married and I want to, I want to be able to say, I showed up as a really kick-ass husband. I showed up as a really kick-ass dad and let the record show that that's exactly what happened because that's what I wanted. So there's a, there's so much personal development in all of this. Yeah, totally. And, 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 you know, that kind of goes to the next question I want to talk about was, you know, if anybody Googles Keith Yaki, they're going to find out you're a real estate guy. Like yep. that's how you've made your fortune. That's how yep. you've been successful in business and life. You've taught students how to get hard money and all those things. And you made this transition where you basically were like, I'm going to start putting all of that aside and I'm going to go all in on helping men in yeah. this. And why? I mean, like, dude, you were killing it in that world. Like, why would you give that up to like help guys in their sex life? Because, um, because of what I went through. It's, it's, it, it's five years ago. My wife said I'm done. And so I'm sitting in this big, gorgeous house that anybody would have want to live in and it's empty. And I did things that others would look on and go, wow, man, this guy must be amazing. And yet the very person who knew me better than anybody says, I would rather choose a life without him than with him. That's a big wake up call. And I realized, oh my God, okay, so I have some stuff to really work on. Okay, I'm good at making money. All right, that's one aspect. Cool. I've met a lot of rich people that I was like, I don't want to hang out with them. They're not that fun. They're not that cool. They're not that whatever. So they're good at accumulating cash. Okay, that's one thing. And so for me, the life change of what happened 
when I went through this experience and now that I can look into my wife's eyes and hold her and I can see that she wants me because that's another thing, Mark, I think when it boils right down to it, guys, we want a lot of sex. Why? Because it feels good. When my tube of flesh enters your tunnel of flesh and it goes back and forth for a minute and a half, it fucking feels amazing. Okay. But my wife's flesh, not yours, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but that's not really what we want. We want to be wanted. Yeah. And so creating the most attractive version of you that people would want you. So I just listen, literally, dude, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of successful people and they're all struggling with this thing that I'm talking about. And when I would share and counsel with them, what I learned, they're like, dude, you know, this is better as bad as well or better than anybody. You should start sharing this with people because once you nail this piece, everything else, um, they do say happy wife, happy life. I think that's true in sense of my life becomes happier when she's happy, but I don't think just bowing and giving her whatever she wants makes her happy. I think what makes her happy is me being the most attractive man I can possibly be. That's what makes a happy wife, which then in turns make my life. So I just wanted to share this thing that I couldn't get off my heart that I couldn't stop talking about personally. And frankly, two years ago, I started privately coaching people that would come to me in my programs that were having this problem. And I could teach them how to make a bunch of money, but their wife doesn't want to have sex with them. I'm like, I'm rich and sexless. What do I do now? Yeah. So it's been like this private thing for two years. That's, awesome. That's why I did it. That's so cool, man. And you know, we're getting to that point in the, in the episode where we're starting to get shorter on time. But what I want to do is make sure that there's some practical application that guys can do. So let's take the next like five minutes or so. And um, you and I were talking about this concept of the 13 things that make men the most attractive. And, you know, we'll, we're going to drop a link to that in the show notes um, on YouTube and Apple, Spotify, whatever you'll see that there or on the website. Um, and we'll also drop in the group, but let's talk about a few of those right now. Yeah. So tell me like, just give me top three or, or three that come to mind where you're like, if a guy does this, this is going to make him super attractive. Perfect. I'm going to put some context around it. So that way, yep. everything we're saying lands the way it is for these guys' lives and their, in their life. So number one, Hey, we, uh, it's going to be an assessment. So we'll put <laughs> the right. link. So guys, you guys can actually take an assessment and yep. see how attractive you are. But here's the thing I want to talk about when we talk about when it comes to attraction, as I've ran these 40 or 50 guys through this program, that the official program, what I've found was common is very few of them have ever stopped to ask, how attractive am I to my wife? Because what happens? We're always so busy hitting the she button that we never really do look at the me button, right? And go, well, how am I? So a couple of things. Number one, I don't think you have to have, you have to be big and muscly and all this to be attractive. But I do think that the better shape you're in, the more attractive you are to the opposite sex, plain and simple. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to have muscles and all this, but it is one of those things that if you, if you get married and you weigh 200 pounds and in your marriage, you become 260, which is what happened to me, 245, 250. I, my wife's like, dude, I, you had abs when I married you. And now you don't have any, like, that's not what I married. So oftentimes when I say, guys, guys, get in physical shape, I'm not saying you have to become, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you should be back where you were when you met them because that's what they fell in love with and that was the, the product you were selling. So I say number one in my thing is muscles. 
every woman loves them, whether they say they do or don't, it's who they are getting tingled by when they watch TV. Grey's Anatomy uh, thing. Again, I know guys that are not in the greatest shape and their wives are madly in love with them and totally attracted to them. But it's, it's a good thing to start with and go, wait a second, have I let myself slip off this thing? That's number one. Number two, um, mating. What is your mating practice? And I'm not talking about, are you doing anal or are you scissoring or any of that kind of, I'm not talking about mating is what is your mating practice? Meaning mating to me equals dating. Yeah. All right. And that's my, I have these four things, you know, the, the, and, and one of them is the player within the marriage and the player within the marriage means I'm still going to show up the same way to, 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 to wine you, to dine you, to show you how much I love you. And I want to uh, shower you with appreciation and love and, and, and show up. Like I actually care recently. My wife's like, dude, you wear a lot of black t-shirts. You look amazing in them, but can we maybe, can we maybe, dude, I've been wearing a black t-shirt every day for like maybe eight years. And she's like, can we get a little pop of color in this? So the mating practice is saying, am I setting up dates? Am I getting the babysitter? Am I, am I doing the staycation? Oh, you know, we go away overnight at least once a month to get away. Cause when you take your wife, who's most likely a mom, out of that mom role, she starts to come alive and go, wait, I'm a sexy son of a gun too. And my husband's showing me that. So muscles, mating practice, and then the third one, which I think is the most important, which will actually blow all these other ones away. So I saved the best for last. And I call it make notes. Meaning your wife's already told you three things she wants you to do and you haven't made notes and you haven't done them and it's frustrating the shit out of her. So if you want to become the most attractive version, if you want to just become the most attractive version for you, fuck everybody else, it's just you, then do get in great shape, uh, go make a bunch of money, have something going on with your life and all that. But if you are married and you have a wife and you want to be attractive to her, she's already told you stuff to do. I'm going to give you one example from my life. When my life, if let's say I get done working around five, and we go, hey, we're going to leave around 5.15. We're going to leave the house and we're all going to go out for a family date. Well, what I used to do is show up at 5.14 ready to go and jump in the car. And I would expect her to get our daughter's shoes ready, to put her in her car seat, get the car warmed up, get ready. And then here I come, the king. And it drove my wife fucking crazy. Yeah. And so what she wanted me to do was to initiate, get down there around 508, 509, me tie my daughter's shoes, me put my daughter in, me start the car, me get the air conditioning going, me going, and then have her pop in and be like, welcome to your carriage, let's ride. Yeah. So those are, those are three, there's a lot more we could discuss, but yeah. if you just said, I'm going to make a conscious effort to show up as the most attractive form I can possibly be. Find out what makes her attractive. I promise you every wife has already told their husband three things. Man, th- those are awesome. I mean, all three of those you hit on are exactly um, aspects of what we teach in Empowered Man Program, especially in Momentum, where we, which is after our Thrive Program, we get into the whole internal, external world of a man. And the external part, you know, like I'm not, um, you know, 200 pounds. I'm, I'm heavier and I gained a lot of weight and I went through all that. But like I'm in the gym three times a week. I'm eating better than I ever have before. I'm doing things 
So I don't have to have rock solid abs, but all of that makes me so much more attractive to my fiance. And in fact, it ended up getting her to go back to the gym and start working out more. And it gets my, my six-year-old daughter goes with me to the gym. And so like it creates an atmosphere of healthiness, yeah. right? Of where we're not just like a bunch of couch potatoes, but we're actually taking care of ourselves. So the man leads that. And then the second thing, what was the second thing you talked about? It was uh, the mating shirts. Practices. Oh yeah, the mating, mating practices. The mating practices to me, like that foreplay. Right. But the foreplay is not what you think it is. It's not fingering her. It's not playing with her clit or tits. That foreplay is doing the dishes. That foreplay is, um, you know, being attentive to things that, that she wants to do, um, taking her places that she's mentioned before, uh, yeah. all that type of stuff. I mean, I mean, it's the same. Um, and then the third, what was the third one you said? It Me. was, uh, make notes. Yeah. Again, paying attention. I love that where you're basically saying, I'm going to take ownership of making sure that I'm contributing to the success of this thing and yeah. contributing to the success of our family time together. Uh, all those are just super important. Um, dude, I appreciate everything you just shared today. This, this was good. Uh, I'm going to say great. Um, probably I'm going to put this in the, one of my top in terms of favorites because I don't usually do guests, but when I do, it's always fun to have someone that is so like-minded and yeah. um, we're going to enjoy our time together here in a little bit. Uh, guys, if you are in this position where you are still with your wife and, you know, Maybe she hasn't said, I want a divorce and, and you know our thing about the rules of engagement, but maybe she's still in the marriage, but she's kind of like teetering. You guys aren't having sex much. It's just kind of become this mundane thing. Um, you, you need to pay attention to what Keith's saying. Now, either way, you need to pay attention to what Keith's saying. He's got some great insights, but I want you to go to marriedgame.com slash assessment, marriedgame.com slash assessment. We're going to drop that link there as well. So if you're listening, pause your iTunes, pause your car, whatever, when you get to the red light, go check out that assessment. And in that assessment, you're going to take it and he's going to give you, what do you, what do they get after they do the assessment? They're going to they're gonna tell them how, how attractive they are. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to give them a score at a 150. If they're like most guys that score between 70 and 90, and then we'll have some videos that will follow up to show them how they can do that. And I want to say one thing, I know you're closing it down, but the fact that you're in the gym, you might not be 200 pounds, but the fact that you're in the gym, your wife can see, or your fiance can see he's doing the work and there's so much appreciate. They appreciate that. Yep. So well done, man. Thank you. And that's, and that is exactly it, right? Like a lot of guys think all this shit has to be perfect for me to have the perfect woman. And it's yeah. like, number one, there's no perfect woman. There's yeah. no perfect man, right? What, what perfect is, is excellence, right? And if we live an excellent life, which, you know, that's what you and I are striving for and what we're trying to get for our clients, yeah. then, then we win. At the end of the day, we win and we attract greatness. I know yeah. my fiance is an amazing woman and I attracted her into my life because I set a higher necessity, a higher standard level. I'm like, I'm not going back to an old marriage that was, that was the way it was. I'm not going to be with a person like that. I'm going to be with a person like this yeah. and, and, it, and it raises the standard and it keeps the standard. And I, I've got to live a high standard and that pushes her to live a high standard. That's yeah. what we're all after in this whole thing. So dude, thank you so much for, for being on today. Guys, again, Keith Yaki, uh, you can look him at marriedgame.com slash assessment and uh, we'll catch on the flip side. Hey, this is Mark Santiago, CEO and founder of Empowered Man. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. However, before you go, I want to give you a special invitation. 
Now listen, we've got a program that is designed specifically for men who are hurting right now, who are on the verge potentially of divorce, who are facing potential separation or already separated, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with cheating. They're dealing with all kinds of shit. If that's you, I want to challenge you to take the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. That's right, the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. You can go to emchallenge.com right now and sign up for the 30-Day Challenge. Here's why I think you should do that. If you're hurting, you need to understand why you're hurting. You need to understand what is actually going on. In week one of the challenge, we are gonna actually rip off that bandaid a little bit and coach you through that process. And then we continue to do that process all the way to the point where you start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. I don't know about you, but I would much, much, much rather make decisions from a place of strength than a place of weakness. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. We are going to help you find those answers within. Now look, this 30 day challenge is probably unlike any other you've been a part of. Why? Because not only do we have daily assignments happening in the program every single day, but you also get live group coaching calls. I said live group coaching calls with myself and my lead coach. That's right, I am a part of this. It's not just some other people doing it. I am there live with you every single week call that we are on. Third part of that is you're gonna have a community of other guys that are going through exactly what you are going through. And the best part of this, this isn't even a fraction of the price we could charge for it. In fact, at some point we may raise the price, but right now it is at a bargain. So go to emchallenge.com, emchallenge.com to take the Empowered Man 30 Day Challenge, and I will see you on the inside.